One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning, One Church. What a beautiful time of worship to be able to experience the presence of God. I do trust all of you are doing well in the middle of this very odd season that we're walking through and uh, trusting God for His strength and His grace in your life. We have God's Word and it is the foundation we build our life upon. We have God's presence, which is His abiding peace, even in the middle of very difficult circumstances. So we always want to be looking to Jesus and holding uh, our uh, confidence in Him in the midst of even very, very difficult sets of circumstances. I want to just take a few moments today and share with you on the subject of shining in a dark world. Uh, No one has to tell us that we're living in a dark world. Uh, It seems like 2020 opened up and from there, every crazy thing imaginable seems to have happened. Um, And when we look around, we can't help but see that things are dramatically different, not just because of the mask that people wear and, you know, some governments mandating other restrictions on top of that, but just the general tone of life seems to have changed. You go into a store and you very quickly feel the fear that seems to have gripped the hearts of people. A lot of people anxious, a lot of people stressed over what's going on. We look at our televisions and on our television sets, we see riots in various cities and uh, cities in turmoil and burning buildings and looting and all sorts of things that we would have a few short months ago thought Uh, would never happen, yet now they seem to be commonplace in city after city across America. On top of that, we've got this financial unease that is going on as people are trying to figure things out. Many people out of work, many people trying to figure out what's the future going to look like. And so there's this anxiety that can settle in. And we begin to look and we realize this is a dark world we're living in. On top of all of that, you've got the political discord that seems to be so prevalent. Uh, Every uh, opinion seems to be voiced in the most flagrant ways on social media. And our nation is divided, probably more divided than any of us have ever seen in our lifetime. And we're having to navigate, on top of all of that, a pandemic. Who would have thought that we would be living through such times? And so people get nervous about their health and nervous about their finances and nervous about the future and anxious about just all of the things that's going on all around us. And we we are living in a very, very dark, dark time. But right in the middle of this dark crazy world that we are living in, that you and I are living in, Jesus gives us an instruction. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, 
And Jesus gives us these words. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all those in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, or one version says before men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I find that an amazing passage of Scripture, and probably like no other time is it relevant to where we're living in right now. You see, lights are important when things are dark. If everything is bright and everything is normal, you don't need light. But you need light when things are dark. And Jesus gives this very practical instruction, and he says, you are the light of the world. A city that's set upon a hill cannot be hidden, and men don't light lamps and put it under baskets, but put it on a stand, and it gives light to all those that are in the house. Then he goes on to say, let your light shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Right now, in this very, very dark, dark time that we're living in, you are the answer. You, as the people of God, we, as the people of God, are the answer to what's going on all around us. When Jesus says, you are the light, light is for darkness. Light is for dark times. And you and I are living in a very, very dark time. And so, we need to understand that we, we are the light. But the question comes, if we are the light, how do we shine? How can we make a difference in the world that we're living in? Can we actually do something? You see, a light, one of the first things that happens when you flip on the light, you see where you're standing. You know what's going on in your own heart, your own life. You can see where you're standing. But the second thing is you know which way to go. Lights show us the direction we should live, the way we should go. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says that that's what you are. You are that kind of light. You are that that reveals to people where they're standing and what they should do or where they should go. And so I want to just talk to you for a few minutes today about how is it that we can shine in a dark, dark season? It was our second president, uh, John Adams, who made this statement that every set of circumstances or every problem that comes up, there is a solution and there is an opportunity. In fact, he actually said that problems are only opportunities in disguise. And I, I want to just give you that thought for a moment, that even though we're living in very uncomfortable times, very different times, very dark times, these times we're living really are only opportunities for us to be the people God has called us to be. They're an opportunity in disguise if we will see it as that. Now, if we're caught up with the darkness, it's hard to be the light God wants us to be. 
But if we'll understand that in the midst of the darkness, God has called us to be His instruments, we can begin to live our life on mission for the glory of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, about how is it that you and I can shine and effectively make a difference in the world all around us. And I want to direct your attention to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. Now, the Apostle Paul is speaking here to the church at Philippi, and he makes this very poignant statement. My dear friends, you have always obeyed God. You obeyed Him while I was with you, and you have obeyed Him even more while I am not with you. So continue to work out your own salvation. Do it with fear and trembling. God is working in you. He wants your plans and your acts to be in keeping with His good purpose. Do everything without finding fault or arguing. Then you will be pure and without blame. You will be children of God without fault in a sinful and evil world. Among the people of the world, notice these words, you shine like the stars of the heavens. You shine as you hold out to them the word of life. So I can brag about you on the day Christ returns. I can be happy that I didn't run or work for nothing. Really in the middle of darkness is where lights shine the brightest. I remember when our grandson Anders was about six years old. Uh, many of you know we live, Sandy and I live out in the country. And um, I remember Anders was spending the night with us and uh, he came out to the house and out in the country, it's fairly dark. It is pretty dark. Um, there are no street lights around where we live. And so he got out of the car and I'll never forget his words. He looked up into the sky on this pitch dark night and his first words were to Sandy and he said, Nani, you have more stars here than we have where we live. Well, obviously what he was seeing was that the sky was filled with stars, but it was only the darkness that revealed the stars. And the fact of the matter is this, that the darkness that we're living in right now is what is revealing or uncovering your light for the glory of God. And so you have an opportunity like never before to shine for God. And I want to just take some principles from this passage of Scripture today and outline to you how we can make sure that we're living a life that is effective for God in the middle of this very, very dark season that we're living in. The first thing I want to direct your attention to is the 12th verse. And Paul says, My dear friends, you have always obeyed God. You obeyed Him while I was with you, and you obeyed Him even more while I'm not with you. And then he makes this statement, So continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, or do it with fear and trembling. The first point I want to make 
that, listen, if we are going to be men and women who shine bright in a dark world, we have to, first of all, make sure that the light's shining bright in our own heart. We have to keep our own life calibrated to Jesus. That's what, when Paul says, work out your own salvation. You see, a lot of times we're trying to give away to somebody something that maybe has grown dim in our own life. And what God wants us to do is to make sure that the light is shining bright in our own heart first and foremost. What does that mean in real practical terms? That means in real practical terms that we have to truly be worshipers of God. I'm not just talking about in a Sunday setting like where we've experienced, as we did a few moments ago, the worship team leading us into the presence of God, as wonderful as that is. But I'm talking about seven days a week being a worshiper of God. That means that you are practicing the presence of God, that you want to live your life abiding in the presence of God. When you're driving in your car or when you're at home or when you're at work, where there's this awareness that God is with you. You know, the Bible has promised that He will never leave us or forsake us. That means this, that we have access every single day, every moment of the day to the presence of God. And God wants you and I to live in that abiding presence where there is this overwhelming sense that God has got this. God is in control of our lives. He is in control of the circumstances of our life. And His presence carries us. Oh, that the peace of God would continue to be the very rock in our life so that when men look at us, they would understand that Although there's anxiety all around us, because we live in the peace of God, there's a calmness about us. There's a, there's a, a rest about our life. So we practice the presence of God. The second thing I want to emphasize is this, that we, we build our life on the Word of God, on the good news of the Scripture. You know, there's so much bad news out there. There, there, there's, there's bad news everywhere. But what God wants for you and for me is to learn what it is to build our life on good news, on good news. And what that means in real terms is that you have to be a, one who meditates on the promises of God. I, I found this in my life, and, and you're looking at someone who was the original news junkie. I, I, I love to turn on the news. I love to watch the news. That was like my go-to. For the 40 years that Sandy and I have been married, I, would all, I was always wanting to watch the news. The evening news was a big deal. And then, you know, a number of years ago, they started coming out with news. You could watch news 24 hours a day. I tell you, it was wonderful. Or so I thought. And in the middle of all of this kind of thing, I started noticing something. I would turn on the evening news and I, where I used to be excited about watching it, I would find the more I would watch it, the more anxious I would get. The more time I would spend listening to their narrative, the more I was getting uptight. And I had to make a conscious decision. And my conscious decision was this. 
I am not going to fill my heart and mind with all of the negative narrative of the world. All that is is fear news. I want to fill my life with the Word of God. I want to fill my life with something that will bring faith with a sense of God's purpose and blessing in my life. And so, <coughs> pardon me, if we are going to be men and women who are going to make a difference for God, we have to first of all consider our own selves. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, let us, in Hebrews 12 too, let us keep looking to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. You see, if we are going to be men and women who shine for God, we have to make sure that the light of God's love and God's grace is shining bright in our own heart, that we're confident of our salvation. You see, it's a good day. I, I remember uh, a few weeks ago, we were right in the middle of the pandemic and the lockdown, and I had been listening to all of the negative narratives and press, and when God began to stir my heart and to turn some of that stuff off and to lean into Him, I started noticing something, and I said it to my wife. I said, you know what? The sun's come up this morning the same way it has always come up. The birds are singing just like they've always been singing. God is good. He's on the throne. He's not lost control. He's in charge. He's in charge of your life. He knows what you're walking through right now, right in the middle of whatever it is that you're dealing with. God has got this. He is a good God. And we need to remind ourselves that God, even in the middle of the dark world we're living in, the problems we're having to face every single day that are very new and somewhat off-putting in the way that they, they, they make us feel that, listen, we can always go back to this familiar place, the presence of God, the Word of God, and in there, there is a deep settledness. He's our rock. He's our fortress. He's the foundation of our life. And when we build our life on Jesus Christ and on the Word of God, we will have His light and His love, His grace shining out from our life every single moment of the day. Secondly, if you and I are going to shine for God, I want us to look at verse 13. We have to keep a healthy outlook on life. Philippians 2.13, God is working in you. He wants your plans and your acts to be in keeping with His good purpose. Notice that word, His good purpose. You see, God has a good purpose for you. He has good plans for you. His plans, Jeremiah 29, 11, are not of evil, not of harm, but good in your life. And as we build our life on Jesus Christ, now we begin to turn our attention to our own way of looking at life. 
You can look at life through all the problems and all the difficulties. You can see the glass half empty if you want to. I choose to see it half full. I choose to see that, yeah, we may have, be facing some problems right now, but every one of the problems that we're facing are only opportunities for God to demonstrate His power. Every single set of circumstances is only one more opportunity for God to show up and show off for His glory. That's what we as believers, we need to look at life that way. God is on the throne and God is good and God is working a good plan for our lives, even in the midst of crazy, even in the midst of turmoil and chaos. He, he is working a good plan. Uh, in that same book, the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses four through nine, Paul says, always be joyful. You belong to God. In other words, the reason for our joy is the fact we belong to Him. He's got this. I will say it again. Be joyful. Sounds like an instruction to me. Sounds like it's not built on my circumstance or what I'm walking through. He says, be joyful. Let everyone know how gentle you are. The Lord is coming soon. Don't worry. Listen to this. Don't worry about anything. I'm talking to somebody right now. You've been in the middle of worry. You've been anxious. You've been stressed out. And yet the word of God says, don't worry about anything. Instead, tell God about everything. Tell God, talk to God about it. Ask and pray. Give thanks to Him. Then God's peace will watch over your hearts and your minds because, there it is again, you belong to Christ Jesus. God's peace. It can never be completely understood. That's why one version says it's this way. It's the peace that passes or surpasses our understanding. We may be in the middle of a crazy world, but there's a peace. There's a confidence that surpasses what we're walking through. And then he says, finally, my brothers and sisters, always think about what is true. Think about what is noble, right, pure, Think about what is lovely and worthy of respect. If anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about those kinds of things. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, just like a moment ago, I said I had to turn the news off and turn the good news on. I had to turn the bad news off and turn the good news on. You and I are products of what we feed ourselves on. Let me tell you, you can never be full of faith if all you're doing is packing your soul with fear-based narratives. You can never be filled with confidence if all you're doing all day long is meditating on all of the conspiracy theories that are going on all around us. I will tell you, you don't have to go very far to find somebody who's got some wild notion about what's going on and why it's happening. 
And you know what? Those become dark rabbit holes that if we're not careful, we will go down in chasing some imaginary elusive thing and it doesn't bring peace to our soul. It won't bring anything but turmoil to you. It'll make you angry. It'll make you hostile. It'll upset you. It'll cause you to be churned up. I hear people talk. In fact, I've got a dear family member and, and, and she is convinced that the new mark of the beast is going to come through a vaccine. And she's read some kind of crazy conspiracy theory that the coronavirus vaccine is a way that they are going to put on us the mark of the beast. I'm like, where do people come up with this stuff? How wacky is that? I'm just like this. My, my word is, well, they don't have to create a new vaccine. If they're going to put that in us by vaccine, they've got loads of vaccines. They don't have to come up with the new coronavirus vaccine to do that. I mean, it's just like crazy. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can lose our minds and we can lose all rationality and we can start chasing narratives that at the end of the day do not produce anything but turmoil and chaos in our hearts. Listen, a few weeks ago, in fact, a pastor, that one of the churches that I provide covering for and counsel to the pastor in the Midwest contacted me and he had seen a a video uh, of a guy who had posted online another pastor who had been having dreams and in these dreams it was it was dark I mean it was bad in fact I he asked me he said what do you think about this and I listened to the to all of it and in the middle of all of it the man made a comment And he was talking about he had had three or four separate occasions where he had these dreams. And in every one of the dreams, it was getting, it was really bad and it was getting worse. And it was cities burning and city and chaos and confusion. And it was just worse and worse and worse. And there was not much hope in the message. And in the middle of it, I remember him saying this every day. I try to keep up with the news. Every day I read 40 newspapers and keep my hand on what's going on in the world. Let me tell you something. If you read 40 newspapers a day, you're going to have some dreams. And they're probably not going to be dreams of good things because newspapers are filled with stories of horrific things that are going on all the time. Let me tell you something. You and I have a choice. We can either choose the fear-based narrative of the world and fill our hearts and minds with that, or we can choose the faith-based narrative of the good news of Jesus Christ and fill our hearts and minds with that. I I want to encourage you. That doesn't mean we have to be ignorant to what's going on in the world. That doesn't mean that we don't ever watch the news or pay attention to what's going on. I'm not advocating that at all. What I am saying is we don't let that become the dominant narrative of our life. If you spend more time on social media than you do in the Word of God, I promise you, you're filling your heart with a fear-based narrative. If you spend more time watching television and watching the news, I promise you, you're filling your heart and mind, not with the truth of God's Word, but that which will bring you into turmoil and anxiety and will make you uptight 
You'll be stressed about your children and stressed about your marriage and stressed about your job and stressed about your health and stressed about all of the things that are going on all around us. Yet God's instruction to us is this. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. In other words, to live your life in this place of constant communion with God. And suddenly you have a healthy outlook on life. You want to shine for God? All you have to do is you have to have a healthy outlook on life at the same time the world has a very unhealthy outlook on life. And boy, there is a stark contrast. Just like light and dark, there is a stark contrast between you and the people who don't know God. Listen, if you want to shine for God, stay in constant contact and communion with Jesus and maintain a healthy outlook on life. The third instruction that I want to draw a principle from this passage of Scripture is in verses 14 and 15. Do everything without finding fault or arguing. Then you will be pure and without blame. You will be children of God without fault in a sinful and evil world. Sounds something like the world we're living in, doesn't it? You will be pure children of God uh, in this evil world. Among the people of the world, you shine like the stars of heaven. In the middle of the darkness. So the third principle is this. Seek to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Hey, what's the difference? A thermostat sets the temperature. A thermometer will only tell you the temperature. Too many times we get caught up in all the social media hoopla that's out there. Uh, I, I am thrilled that we have the opportunity to have social media. But if we're not careful, we can get caught up in the arguing and in the fault finding and all the petty nonsense that is going on all around us. And we can become a part of the problem rather than a part of the solution. God wants you to be a thermostat. God wants you to change the atmosphere. Just the other day, I was in Publix and I was walking through doing all of my uh, grocery shopping. Well, maybe not all of it, but some of it. And uh, I came to the line and was checking out. And here's the girl, I'm standing there with my mask on, as is everybody right now. And she's got her mask on. And I said to her, how are you today? And she immediately launched in to her tirade about how bad things were and how difficult it was and how she was hoping that the people who were supposed to show up to relieve her from her shift were going to actually show up. She said they don't show up sometimes. And she was complaining about this and that and the other thing. And she was just checking out my groceries. And then she asked me, how are you? I said, I am wonderful. I said, my wife loves me. My children respect me. My grandchildren are awesome. I've got friends and family around me. God is good. I am blessed. 
That's how I am. She literally stopped processing my groceries and looked up at me and she said, that is so nice to hear. I never hear any more people say things like that. What was I doing? I was being a thermostat rather than a thermometer. You see, she was saying things are bad. She was saying things are getting worse. I could have just been one to just agree with that and just reinforce her opinion and be a thermometer. But I had an opportunity to be a thermostat. I want to tell you every single day, you have an opportunity to be a thermostat for God. You don't have to be strong and witnessing and preaching the gospel. You don't have to bang people over the head with the word of God to make a difference. All you have to do is be someone who carries yourself with life and light. And as you do, you make an impact the same way that darkness flees when light comes in. All of the negativity and the harshness that people are experiencing leaves when you begin to shine for God. Notice Again, in Philippians, earlier on in the same chapter, verses 1 and 2, Paul says this, Are you cheerful? And you know what the word cheerful means? It means to be noticeably happy and optimistic. That means you're positive in a negative world. That means you're happy when everybody else is depressed. Are you cheerful, happy, and optimistic? Because you belong to Christ? He asked the question. In fact, he asked four questions. He said, are you cheerful because you belong to Christ? Listen, if you belong to Christ, you ought to have a smile on your face. You ought to have a song in your heart. There ought to be something joyful that comes out of you. He asked a second question. Does his love comfort you? Is the Holy Spirit your companion? Has Christ been gentle and loving towards you? So there's four distinctive questions he asked that point back to our relationship with God. He then says, then make my joy complete by agreeing with each other. Have the same love be one in spirit and in purpose. You see, as the people of God, we've got an opportunity. It's dark around us, but that is only an opportunity for us to shine bright for God. You see, you are the voice of faith in a world of doubt and fear. That's you. You're the light of the world. You're the voice of faith in the world of doubt and fear. You're the voice of reason in a world of insanity. And boy, it's like everybody has lost their ever-loving mind. But not us. We're clear. Why? Because God's word abides in us. We have relationship with God. We're living our life in light of the goodness of God. You're the voice of peace in a world of distress. The fear, the distress, the anxiety that's all around us. God wants you to be that calming voice that voice that brings peace in the midst of the turmoil and the chaos. Listen, if you're going to go on social media, and I don't advocate that you have to throw social media away. I 
have opted to just avoid it. But listen, you make your own decisions. I avoid it for a lot of other reasons. I don't have the time to get caught up in all of it. But if you're going to go on social media, then don't join in the rancor and the debate that's out there. Listen, there's plenty of, of arguments that are going on, but you put positive life-giving messages out there. Don't get caught up in the arguments on social media. Don't go down the dark rabbit holes of all of these crazy narratives that are going on out there. It only adds to chaos and division in an already fractured and messed up world. You see, God wants you to be a light. God wants you to be different. Yeah, the world is dark, but not you. You have light in you, the light of God, and it radiates out from you. That's why Paul says we have this treasure in little clay pots. The glory of God lives in us. And let me just throw one side note on this. Whatever made us think that the world has to have our opinion anyway? There is an arrogance to that when we think we've got to give our two cents into every kind of conversation. Sometimes it's just good to be quiet. Sometimes it's good to not respond to something. You don't have to like things or, or not like things. You can just hold your peace. And then the fourth principle is this. Look for opportunities to serve others. Philippians 2, verse 16. He says, You shine as you hold out to them the word of life, so I can brag about you on the day Christ returns. I can be happy that I didn't run or work for nothing. He says, You're shining as you're holding out to them the word of what? Life. Of life. Not the word of death. Not the word of chaos, confusing, confusion, reinforcing what they're already experiencing. But the word of life. You serve others. That means that in a crazy pandemic where people are arguing and fighting over their rights and they are arguing everywhere about them. <clears throat> I find it quite interesting that even in Christian circles, there's this dominant narrative that keeps to seem to keep rising to the surface. That is, they're taking away my rights. It's about my rights. I have the right. I have the right not to wear a mask. I have the right to do this or the right to do that. Can I be honest with you? When you came to Jesus Christ, you laid down your rights. Your only right is to take up your cross and follow him and die to yourself. Now, I understand that's not a popular message particularly when people are all the time fighting over their own desire, their own way. But listen, if you want to shine for God, you don't shine bright for God when you're fighting for your own rights. You shine bright for God when you lay down your rights. 
He says in this second chapter, verses three and four, don't do anything to get ahead. Don't do it because you're, you're proud. Instead, be free of pride. Think of others as better than yourselves. None of you should look out for your own good. You should also look out for the good of others. So much discussion about what's going on right now in this pandemic. Should I social distance? Should I wear a mask or not? Can I, can I tell you something? There are a lot of these things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like wearing a mask, but I do. I wear one. And why, you know, you, there, there are people arguing on both sides about the validity of masks, whether you people should be forced to wear a mask or not forced to wear a mask. Do masks actually prevent the disease? I heard one doctor the other day, he says, wearing a mask is like putting up a chain link fence to keep mosquitoes out, which I was a little shocked at his description. He says the virus is so small that it actually goes through the mask, and it may. But I want to just present this thought, that maybe it's not so much about whether the virus is prevented from spread by the mask. Maybe it's more about alleviating the fear and the anxiety that somebody else feels. You know what? I had to begin to understand something. Well, should I wear a mask? Should I shouldn't wear a mask? If it's the focus is about me, then it's about my opinion. But if I'm truly looking to serve somebody else, I'm thinking about what they're thinking about. You see, I may not be able to keep the virus out or not. I don't know. I'm not a scientist and I don't I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't live in that space. But I do know this, that wearing a mask is a way of serving somebody else. It makes them feel a little less anxious, a little less stressed, and a little more at ease in my presence. So what do I do? I put on a mask. I wear a mask. Why? It's a way I can serve somebody. It's a way that I can clearly communicate that I care about somebody else. You see, God is wanting us to use every opportunity we can to make a difference for God. I want to leave you again with these four thoughts. Listen, live your life in connection and communion with Jesus Christ. Live your life that way. Live in His presence be filled with his word. Maintain out of that a healthy outlook on life. Look at life positive. Look at life with expectation of good things, not with negativity and fear-based narratives. Seek to be a thermostat rather than just a thermometer. Be someone who makes a difference in the atmosphere of every place you go. And look for opportunities to serve somebody else. I want to close with this same scripture that I opened in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill cannot be hidden, 
nor do people light a lamp and put it on under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father, which is in heaven. God has given us an opportunity. What will we do with it? Will we be a party to all that's going on around us? Or will we be different by shining in the midst of the darkness? I want to pray with you right now. And all you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit to help you. If you've not been living in line with these instructions from the Word of God, just say, Lord, will you forgive me for not thinking about things that way? You see, most of the time we fall into this more by default than by design. We just kind of get caught up in the rush of what's going on around us. And we never stop to think about what difference we could make. And I want you to ask God, God, have I been living in line with these truths? Or have I been living more in line with what's going on around me? And if you've been living in the rush of what's happening around you, rather than in line with that, ask God, God, forgive me and empower me by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit gives to you and to me the power to be the witness God's called us to be. You see, if you're going to shine for God, you're a witness. It's not just in your words. It's not just in giving a gospel narrative or expression in explanation of salvation. It's living your life before men that they can begin to see that there's something different about you. That it may be dark all around, but you're a bright spot in their life. You shine for the glory of God. I want to pray with you right now. Father, we thank you for the incredible promises that we have in your word. We thank you that your word is that lamp to our feet and light to our pathway. And that when we live in the truth of your word, we shine. And I pray right now for every single person who is watching this today, that God, you would impart to them a fresh empowering of the Holy Spirit. May the oil of heaven fill our lives and may the result be that we will shine bright for your glory and your honor. We pray this now in the name of Jesus Christ and for his glory. And we give you the thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I leave you, maybe you're watching this today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. All you have to do is just simply say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. He died for my sin. And I invite him to come into my life. And if you would want to do that, all you have to do is simply, you don't have to be fancy in your words. All you have to do is simply ask him. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And God has an amazing plan for every one of our lives. Thank you today for the privilege of being able 
to share with you the things that are on my heart. And I want to tell you, I believe God's hand is on us and that we will live our life for his glory. And in the midst of crazy all around us, we will shine bright for the glory of God. God bless you. Have an amazing day.